0: Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at thecrossing.cc. Good morning. Thank you for that. Love it. Good job, Chris. Good job, young folks, and younger folks and all that. So appreciate you guys. Thanksgiving's coming at us, so uh, it's As I understand it, we are all supposed to gain 10 pounds between Thanksgiving and the end of Christmas, so uh, enjoy yourselves. We're going to be fasting in January, so you might as well. We'll take it back off then. I want to start by just honestly thanking all of you. Uh, In October, it was Pastor's Appreciation Month, and many of you wrote some really sweet cards and uh, gave some really sweet money. That's my uh, love language, by the way. And uh, I so appreciate that, and, and uh, our, our pastors were all very, very blessed, and we just received all of that, and so I just want to tell you how much I sincerely, on behalf of our pastors, just so appreciate all of you who took the time to, to speak kind things, and you do it all the time anyway, and you are, you're always giving, but especially the, that uh, you reached out to us in such a personal way. Would you give yourselves a hand just for your generosity? I so appreciate that, seriously. And uh, I also wanna call some attention, yesterday we had a team of people that came up here that uh, joined uh, uh, Catherine and Barry Anderson. We have uh, some uh, apartments that have some folks that are just under-resourced, and uh, they took 54 turkey dinners to uh, this apartment complex and made sure they're gonna have Thanksgiving. Can we give Catherine and Barry and that whole team, all that missions team that went yesterday? (laughs) Taking good care of people. I so appreciate that. Well, gang, Ephesians chapter 5, turn there. I'm going to cover a whole lot. I got more sermon than you do have time. Uh, The good news is Cowboys don't play till 3.30. So uh, we've got a lot of time there. But it it is judgment day for them. They're playing the Patriots. So it's kind of like the bowls of judgment in Revelation, I'm afraid. Patriots are going to open a bowl on us. (laughs) So I am praying for a slight accident of the bus for the Patriots. I'm not looking for terrible thing, just a little whiplash for four or five of them. I think we can have a chance. We've been in a series on God, the Holy Spirit, and I got to tell you, uh, we're going to stop the series. You know, we're going to move on into the Christmas series, but our thinking and working with and talking and relating to God, the Holy Spirit, it doesn't change because we we stopped the, the series. So I just want you to know, uh, some of the things that we've been talking about at, at my assignment on the, on the Holy Spirit, because I know we've got so many different sections of people who come from so many different, uh, not, not so much versions, but just aspects of God, the Holy Spirit. He is miraculous. He can do f- t- tremendous things, and he can guide you. Uh, Hodegeo was the word I taught you. Hodegeo, he's a guide. He's gone before where, you, where you're trying to go. He knows where you're going, and he's a parakletos, that is one who comes along beside, and uh, here's what you need to know. He never leaves you. This is is the good news, and this helps. I introduced him uh, on the first message as a friend, because as much as I revere him, and I do, and as holy as he is, and he is, uh, and I have a right respect for him, I have found the Holy Spirit for this very reason, because... He descends and remains. He doesn't go anywhere. In your filthiest, worst moment where, you know, I was taught if you thought something wrong or whatever, man, he's gone. You've offended him. I got news for you. He doesn't go anywhere. He comes to live with you, and you're good and you're bad. You can quench him. You can keep him from acting on your behalf, and you can grieve him, and we talked about that, how we do that, but uh, you can't get rid of him. You can't, I mean, you're stuck with him, and to me, the Holy Spirit really giving me that assurance that I, I'm not going anywhere. I, 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 my job is to get you into the end zone, which is sealed to the day of redemption. I, I, my job's to take you home. And uh, not right now, but just to get you in the end zone. And uh, well, one of his greatest works is to call out of you the you that God created you to be. And so all of these things, if you've missed some of these messages, I would say this is maybe one of the more important series that we've done. It would be worth help to you. My assignment from the Holy Spirit, though, was when I started and when I say that, I mean, I just pray a lot before I start a series. And there's something that went at the top of every sermon. It was this, that I want you to, I was about to say broker. That's not a great word, but I want you to restore trust between people and me. I mean, the Holy Spirit is so trustworthy. My goodness, he, he's so trustworthy. And so the enemy has come in, especially in church world, and divided the church over who the Holy Spirit is. Man, There's no reason to be divided or made him so mystical and strange that he's gotten bad marketing. Man, I'm here, I'm, I'm here as the marketing agent for the Holy Spirit to tell you. He is so relatable. And so ready to relate to you. And if you can't, I mean, if, if, if you're just scared to death of shaking, quaking, or anything dramatic, he won't make you get dramatic. He, he's not here to make you be anything but to call out of you what God created you to be. Didn't come the Pastor, isn't he a charismatic? Uh, if you're asking if he's a part of the charismatic church, he does go to that church, but he also goes to the Baptist church. And he goes to the Methodist <laughs> church. He, in fact, he would say, I'm not in those. Y'all are, y'all are of me. And so, man, he can, he can help you speak in tongues or he can help you get a quiet thought. He can walk along with you, give you great wisdom. Man, he is God. He's yes. just flat God, the Holy Spirit. And uh, Jesus came to relate to us in skin, to let us know, look, I'm big and I'm God, but don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit even more so, and this is what Jesus said, as relatable as I am to you, it's better that I leave and instead of me sitting beside you, that the Holy Spirit be with you. He's, he's more relatable even than me. I mean, he's just here to help. He's a helper. And so any ideas that you might have of he's the strange one and he's the weird one or you got to get weird or he doesn't come, man, just exhale all of that. You get to be you, and he's helping you be you. And, uh, but it's about him. Uh, it's about him making the you out of you that he wants you to be. All of that said, Ephesians 5, I, what I want to help you to do today and what I must confess to you is I come from, a, again, I've talked about my culture a lot. I come from a culture that talks quite a bit about a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And again, I was raised to, to, uh, to anticipate a very extraordinary experience. And many, many, many people have had very extraordinary experiences in a baptism Uh, of the Spirit, a a remarkable moment. And if you talk to different people in church world now, and especially those from a Pentecostal background, and if you're not, please just, this will help you. You'll hear them say, I was saved in 1969, and I was baptized in water in 1972, and baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1975, and uh, they might be able to call the date. And it can sound like, I checked that box, and I checked that box, and I checked that box. And uh, and I'm okay with that. I have no qualms whatsoever. Uh, I would would say the the, the more healthy question is not, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? The more healthy question is right now as we stand today, are you full of the Holy Spirit? Are you full of him now? Uh, Because uh, he doesn't come and go, but you... uh, you, (laughs) I was about to say, you're full of something. But... uh, (laughs) But what I what I mean to say is, you, you get filled with other things beside Him. Look at your neighbor. And say you're full of something, and you've always wanted to say that anyway. Uh, but you you're, you get filled with lots of other things, lots of other thoughts. And it's not that he goes anywhere, it's just that you just keep pushing him out with busy, with uh, sin, with all kinds of things. What I wanna help you to do today as we conclude uh, this series is help you to know. Here's the thing, I I don't know that I can manufacture a meeting or a way that you would have a uh, a marvelous experience of a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, You can have those, but I I don't know how to make that happen. Uh, What I can guarantee is what I'm gonna teach you today is that every day, you can have, if you will, if we were to turn the baptism on where the nativity is, if we were to turn those nozzles on, you would hear the water going filling up. And what I can tell you is every day, you can turn the waters on, just like when you hit the showers, you turn up. Every single day, you can get the water flowing into you. And uh, so that's what I wanna show you from the Scripture. So Ephesians 5, Chapter, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 5, uh, verse 8, we'll start there. And here's what it says. You were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You are light. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. The Holy Spirit's going to help you find out what is acceptable to the Lord. Verse 11, and have no fellowship. Everybody say no fellowship. No. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And we spent some time talking about how the Holy Spirit, I mean, our, our sin activity doesn't happen generally in a, in a group It's our secrets. It's what's happening in the privacy of our life. And the Holy Spirit is not embarrassed by the fights that you have in private. And we talked, one of our messages was, the Holy Spirit actually led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And again, we talked about how that's not terribly comfortable. Really what that is is the Holy Spirit wants to walk with you into your secret battle and help you. Defeat your, your secrets, because that's what keeps you crippled in public, is the defeat we're having in secret. And so, those of you that are in secret struggles of any kind, don't, don't feel shame right now. Feel hope like, man, the Holy Spirit has come to help me win that one, the one that easily besets you. Okay, this is a, a message of hope. Those things done in secret, but all things that are exposed are, by, are made manifest by the light... And whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, circumspectly, uh, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So circumspectly, what does that mean? And I use this version because I actually like this word. We don't use circumspectly. Uh, but it's like, it's the two words, circumference and spectacle. And it just means Keep your head on a swivel, stay aware, look around, know yourself, know your tendencies, know your weaknesses, know where you have a tendency to fail, know where your strengths are, keep things, you know, keep your head on a swivel and keep your eyes open, all right? Easy enough, walk circumspectly, uh, not as fools, redeeming the time, that means buy up all the the time that's been wasted, buy it back for the kingdom. Uh, Anyway, redeem time because the days are evil, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And I will tell you, you cannot understand what the will of the Lord is without God, the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. You're out of control. You're not in control. But be filled with the Spirit. Everybody say, be filled with the Spirit. Now, give me a second here uh the word be filled with the holy spirit in in the greek as you look at it it's a it's a picture of it depicts a a container where water is constantly going in it and filled in greek doesn't mean to the brim it means when it's overflowing like a like a, a invisible edge pool or whatever you call those pools where it just the water's continually. That's what filled means in this context. And the better rendering of this would be this. Be continually being filled. Be continually being filled. Be baptized. Have an experience and seek that. That's, that's great. I can't tell you when or if and how that's going to happen. I can't manufacture that. But I can tell you this. Every day I can teach you how to be continually being filled. I can teach you how to do that. That's what we're gonna work work on today. Uh, and this is what fullness of the Spirit is every day. And, is it, and it tells us how to do it. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Okay, I'm sorry, this is the last time I'll do it to you. Speaking to one another. In the Greek, the word there, one another. It's better translated in the King James and the message translates it more Speaking to yourselves, and it's called a, a second-person reflexive. I did a little study on this because really the better rendering would be this. Speak to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What? That means this. He's telling us, here's how you can continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to yourself in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs because the singing as you sing, your ear hears it, and here's what it is. It's just like turning on one of the faucets. You're filling up the tub. Okay. You can do this. Pastor, I'm not a singer. I just, you don't have to be. Do this in private so nobody has to hear it. You know, Just the Holy Spirit. But sing out your thanksgiving and all of this. You fill the tub. It continues on. Uh, uh, singing, making melody in your heart. Do it in your heart. Giving thanks always. Thanksgiving, huge part, for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Submitting, and that, what that means is how, do you, how can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? Submitting to one another, it just means this. It means a mindset that isn't trying to lord or gain or you know uh, compete with everybody it's understanding, again, how do we grieve the Holy Spirit's relationally? That's the main thing that grieves him, and he's all about loving other people. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. Gang, if we had time, what I would do is we would just keep reading Ephesians because what it addresses is your life. Everybody say my life. My life. The, next, the next part of this, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, it says this, Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. And then it says husbands... Love your wives sacrificially like Jesus did. The very first thing he says is, what will be affected by you walking in the Spirit will be your marriage. Those of you that are married, you know this is a big part of your life. Ladies, I can just tell you, seeing your husband and submitting to him like he's God is not gonna be easy for you, even if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It'll be impossible without it. Here's the point. Filled with the Spirit means you're responding to him the Holy Spirit, before you're responding to him, hubby. You see that? You're doing it as unto the Lord. Fellas, you can't love your wife sacrificially if you're not first responding to the Spirit. You're doing it as unto God. You see that? And if we were to read further, it would say, not only those relationships are impacted by walking in the Holy Spirit, children, obey your parents. Parents, don't provoke your children to wrath husband and wife, children, all family. It goes next, if we were to get into uh, Ephesians 6 and it says this, uh, slaves obey your masters, masters your slaves, in our context it would be this, employees, do your work, again, not as unto your boss but as unto the Lord. People are watching. And then it says to the bosses, don't lord your mastery over them, both of y'all have the same master, you're both under a master, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So if it affects your family, your children, your marriage, your children, your work, how many of you realize this is a big deal? Yes. doesn't stop there. Then it talks about you, your relationship with you. Let me read it to you. Ephesians 6, I, I couldn't let this out. It says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You do this. You put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Your relationship with you, your relationship with the devil, being filled with the holy spirit affects all of these areas for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood we don't wrestle against uh, your wife or your husband or against mom dad uh, you know crazy teenager wonderful teenager we don't wrestle against them that's not the that's not the epicenter we wrestle against principalities powers rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places, therefore, you take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication. And let me just say right now, I didn't mean to in any way imply that we have any crazy teenagers. We have wonderful teenagers. I uh, hear in some other churches they are, but in our church, <laughs> in our tr- they're, they're awesome all right, so here's, here's what I want to help you to do, and uh, there's lots of examples and probably better examples than me, but the way I can teach you is just to say, here's how I practice this, and so I'm just going to walk you through so that when we leave here, you're going to have a very practical way to be daily filled with God, the Holy Spirit, and, and where, you know, if you're thinking it's mystical and way out there, and how can I, and I'm a guy, and my wife's more emotional, stop all that. This is the most practical. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, we've complicated it so much. It's just come out of reach. Everybody can do everything, and it's just—it's not that complicated. In fact, let me go ahead and take a, a little bit of a side note here and just say, some of, when, when I grew up and was relating to the Holy Spirit, one of the reasons I didn't do well in my relationship is because I had a thought that the Holy Spirit, when I was doing it right, he just came and took over everything, and it was all God. Everybody say, all God. It's all God, and he would bring this language through me, and I would just sit there and shake while he just took over, and I thought I'd be kind of like, instead of being possessed by, possessed by a demon, I was going to be like possessed by the Holy Ghost. And I just I was looking for him to take over fully, and here's what, you know, it's never all God. Yeah. Pastor, your sermon, it was this morning, it's just all God. Eh, it wasn't that good. I mean, if it was all God, it would be really good. Ah, uh-huh, no, I work, I work hard at this, and I put my mind into it. Here's what I'm wanting you to know. Uh, When you speak a word of prophecy, it won't be all God. You're going to be involved. If God had wanted it to be all God, he wouldn't have invented you. He wants the relationship. He wants your personality. He wants your thinking. He wants your effort. And he's not offended. It's like, well, you didn't say it right. He's not doing all. He's like, look, I'm going to give you an unction. Use your language. Speak it the way you would speak it. But you're going to have to give effort to it. You do it. And because of that, I remember when I, the first time, and again, I know this is new and the weirdest thing in all of Scripture, speaking in tongues, and we've talked about it a lot, and I know you brought your friend Fred here, and you're going, oh, my God, we're going here again. And listen, uh, but, but I'm serious. When, when somebody finally explained to me, Randy, God's not going to take over your body and make you speak. You're going to have to involve yourself. Then it's going to sound goofy. To you. It's going to sound like baby talk. Goo-goo. Gaga, Mimi, me, me, Mama, it's going to sound, but if you don't step out and do it, you've got to participate. Yeah. Here's what happens, because you must participate with the Holy Spirit, you'll always ask this question, now, wait a minute, was that me or was that God? Was it me I think or was it God? And here's the answer, yes. On, yeah, it's both. You're walking and cooperating, and he's not going, you didn't say it right, and he didn't say it right, and he didn't quite the right scripture. He's not a touchy God. He's very comfortable in his skin, if he's got skin, whatever body he's got. He's comfortable in himself. He's comfortable in your skin. Say it that way. You need to write that down. That sounds like a tweetable moment right there. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is comfortable in your skin. All right, tweet that. So, uh, so, so here, you, you, my point also is that you can do this. Just you you can do this. So here's how I do it. Number one, make room. Make room. You got to give some, you got to make some room in your heart uh, to, to have some prayer time. One, you need to make some time. And I'll just tell you, I can do what I'm going to explain to you. I can do it in eight to 12 minutes. I mean, unless I'm really in a battle and it's 15. It's going to take me way longer to explain it than it takes to actually do it. You can give 15 minutes. I mean, I feel embarrassed to even say, can't you give 15 minutes? So uh, you can do this. You got the time, Uh, you can make the time, it's important. First thing is make room, so what do I mean by that? Uh, I, 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 you know, if he's going to fill me, then I've got to clear out some closets so he can have something to fill, and if I'm filled with everything else in life, that's one of the reasons, not that you're not saved, not going to heaven, it's just you're living a powerless life because you have chosen to, uh, the scripture says this, if you sow to the flesh, you will from the flesh reap. If you sow to the spirit, you will from the spirit reap. So you just got to determine, you got to make room for something, and you already have, so you might have to scoot some things around. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but your closets are all full and you got too much furniture in there. You know, get somebody to come clean that. Get Zandra. i tell you, if Zandra is here, she can clean that out for you. <laughs> she can clean a house out. So you need a, a Holy Ghost Zandra to come in and move a bunch of stuff. And so here, here's one of the practical ways I do it. I, I, and this may, I get up early, early in the morning. I get up early in the morning. One of the reasons that I do that, I mean, sometimes before four, I mean, some of you are like 3.30, not quite a 3.30 person, but I'll wake up about that time, roll over and start checking the clock. Four, something like that, uh, I uh, hit the showers, do the same routine every single morning. Won't bore you with that, embarrass you. But nonetheless, I I usually start singing when I hit the showers, unless I'm in such a daze, I don't even know I'm in the shower, and that happens. I do all my stuff. I go over to, before I leave, I come over. Stacy's an early riser too, but most mornings, most mornings I'm out of the door before uh, she's up in Adam. So I'll go over to her side of the bed. I'll put my hand on her and she and I will pray together. And I'm just praying. I'm praying for her. I'm inviting God. I'm inviting, I, I talk about God the Father. I thank Jesus for being my intercessor. Uh, here's the, you know, Jesus is our intercessor to God, the Holy Spirit is his intercessor to us. He's more than that, but that's kind of the way I say it. He's trying to get what Jesus wants out of me, out of me. So I will welcome all three. Father, I love you. Jesus, thank you that by your name, you're my intercessor, you're my way maker, and Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Something just that simple. I'll pray over Stacy, just kind of whatever, just blessing her day and her business and her her world. Uh, we'll pray for our sons. This Again, this is happening, we're on a clock. And uh, then we always adopt. We've always kind of adopted other kids. Uh, right now we're praying for a couple of other Other folks, uh, some precious young ladies in our church that uh, uh, by this time next year are going to know who their husband is, or or we're certain we're praying that way anyway. We we just get a burden for somebody and we just start praying. So anyway, I do that, kiss her on the forehead. I do just like I just did. Bang, Uh, coffee out the door. Why? Why am I telling you this? I I get up early, and Stacy and I will dialogue some other time during the day. But I I don't want I don't want anything to enter the temple not worry about the day, not finances, not, oh, remember, we're meeting so-and-so for dinner. I don't want anything in there, nothing. So I want to leave quiet, and I don't want to let anything get started. I want to stay as empty as I can, and it's very intentional. If while I'm driving to work, what I normally do is I put my iPad on a, a part of the Scripture, and I listen to it out of the message while I'm driving. I hit, it's been in Ephesians this week, I hit it and I just listen to the Eugene Peterson version of the scripture while I'm driving to work. And I'm just taking in the word. If something's on my mind, like you need to call so and so, or you need to, or so and so's mad at you, and you, you know what I do? I keep a yellow pad. Yellow pad, that's paper and pen for our young folks there. Yellow pad, you know, I'm, a, I'm a old school. You can take your iPad or whatever, but I just don't like this stuff. This has too much potential to start cluttering. It's like a water hose that wants to start dumping something in me, so I don't don't particularly care for it. I write down, call so-and-so, stick it to the side. You tracking with me? That's just super practical. And then I sit usually right there. I'll come in here. Usually when I come in that door right there, I'll begin to sing just whatever song comes to mind. And I'm not singing to you. I'm singing to God, but I'm singing so that I can hear it. I'm turning the water on. Tracking with me? Very, very practical. So you clear your mind. Secondly, and especially over the last two or three weeks, I've been doing this. uh, I empty any or I cut off any fellowship with darkness. Fellowship with darkness. Pastor, you? Prayed so. Sorry. Uh, A lot is talked about here in Ephesians about have no fellowship with darkness. What, What is fellowship? That's an old churchy word, it's a biblical word. But it means this it means just to share. Uh, relationship around uh, common ground, just common ground. Um, If there's something happening in my world, my internal world, and I'm finding I've got common ground with another spirit, and I'm not necessarily meaning demonic. I just mean there's there's, there's light and there's darkness. There's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. Kingdom of light has a culture and has a spirit, a primary spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit who represents it. Spirit of darkness, it's just totally counter to this over here, okay? So here's how you have fellowship with darkness, and I'll just uh, be, be absolutely transparent about the last three weeks I've had. I've had to sit on this front row and spend most of my time in the last three weeks uh, making room, and here, here's why. I have to empty a bucket that gets filled up or has about every three hours it was getting filled up. A bucket. Here, here, here's the deal. Um, Satan let me just give you his, his, Satan doesn't come to overpower you or over, you know, overrun you. That's not his, his way. He's defeated. He already knows he's defeated. He comes to sympathize with you. The way he pulls up to the table to say, hey, Randy, how are you doing? It sounds like you being all sympathetic to you. Man, having a bad day, are you? Yeah. Hey, Eve, that tree looks good, doesn't it? Man, oh, man. Satan didn't overpower Eve. He sympathized with her. Seduced, that's what seducing is. You know, hey, man, I, can't, can't, I cannot believe God doesn't want you to eat that tree. I mean, it looks good. And I, you know what I think? I think he's worried about you really being who all you can be and kind of overpowering him. How? I feel for you. I, I know how you feel. I mean, that's the devil. That's why. And I caution people about getting too addicted to sympathy. Man, eh, a little sympathy goes a long way, but don't live there. Don't get too, because you, you open wide doors. I mean, you open wide doors to be trapped for life. So a couple, two or three, so, so here's it. Over the years, and fellas, this is gonna help you. Men, uh, we have some susceptible places in our life that are God-given. Let me give you two of them. One is that God built us men to be very visual, on purpose, he did this. Nothing wrong with it. He did it so that, and we got mixed company and young people, and I know everybody's going, oh my God, where are you going with this? I know. At first, we we're talking about tongues, and now we're talking about this. Oh my God. We're in church, gang. We can talk about this. Trust me. God made men visual. And, uh, and it was so that when we saw our wives, we'd be attracted. Right. When your wife, you know, walks past in that little tennis skirt, you know, she better have her tennis shoes on. That's what I'm saying. You're gonna, Enough said. Right. So he made us visual to be attracted to our wives. And there's a whole lot of Song of Solomon stuff that I've never even preached out of because it's embarrassing. So but it's a good thing. It's a God thing. And yet with men, here's how Satan has worked in the in the realm of, of visual is uh, he comes up to our table to go and say, you know, what? we, we got something in common. I'm visual too, and uh, I like like to—I stimulate my eyes with things too, and so 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 many men uh, get caught in and struggle with a a, a lust in their eye through pornography or other other things in here. And please do not feel shame, guilt, or beat up like I'm. Look, this is the devil. He comes and he sympathizes and says, "You know, you've had a hard day. You're tired and all that." And he, we start a fellowship. And before you know it, you've got to bond with something. And men, one of the reasons that this can be a real struggle for us is because God built us this way. And Satan is really good at looking at what God has done and then perverting it. That's what he does. He's a son of a gun. I'll, I'll just tell you, he, I, I'm, I'm walking pretty healthy in this part of my life. I know some of you are going, oh, I was hoping he would confess something really dirty. Uh, sorry. Uh, but. I, I'm walking, I, I, and and just look at this. I'm just saying, I, I'm I'm extremely blessed. So, I, I'm doing well. But I'm sus- I'm a man, and I, I'm I'm not kidding myself. I know to stay out of certain situations. Some of you guys are in a in a, right now. You're in a fellowship with darkness here, and I'm this. Don't be down. Get excited. Get get, get excited. I, I'm telling you, you, you've got a way out. Okay, uh, but secondly, he built us men. To, we don't have a want, we have a need for honor and respect. It's huge. It's huge in us. It's oxygen to us. And uh, we get permission to really become who we are by respect. Now, at the same time, the thing that can injure a man the most is disrespect. Little being. So what happens when we're little boys, uh, you know, 6th grade teacher, Ms. Kirkland, I mean, hypothetically. <laughs> Bless you, Miss Kirkland. Uh, hypothetically, fifth or sixth grade, uh, you know, tr- treats you a certain way, and you you, you get that pinged, you know. You're a little boy. You don't know any better. You know, a coach demeans you in public. A preacher, a youth pastor, somebody else, you know, back in that day, calling people sin out in public was like a big deal. We call that prophetic. It's nuts. But, yeah. you know, just shamed and guilted a bunch of people about, oh, you And so you get that pinged enough, you, you break something and you don't realize it's broken. And my point being, once you've broken a bone, if you break your arm, it doesn't take but somebody just to bump it a little bit. And it feels like the moment, you know, it got broken. You tracking with me? Respect and disrespect for a man can be that way. If you've got a broken place, and we're already sensitive to it, if you've got a broken place there, somebody can say something, and it might be somewhat benign, but because they're bumping something that's already hurting, it's like you got your leg in a cask and, you know, you got hit by a car, but if somebody bumps it, you're going to accuse them of being the car because it hurts the same. With me, and uh, this is going to help some of your marriages too, because some of you are, some of you are beating each other up in marriage. Because you're accusing the other one of being the one that broke it, and all they did was bump it. And if you'll turn, and I have to practice this, you turn on yourself and go, "What's broken?" That's the better question than who bumped it. So anyway, so I got this sensitivity area. I don't know. A little while ago, something was said in a in a situation, and it and it bumped it, you know, two or three weeks. It's just uh, I was like, and so I and I acted all pastoral, and I I continue to be all pastoral, holy, and all that. But uh, on the inside, it started a churning. What do they mean by that? Are you kidding me? Is that kind of thing starting? And so I kind of subdue it and pray it, and I come up here, and here's what I, I have to empty that bucket. I'm a little upset. I forgive. And lo and behold, as fate would have it, the perfect storm starts to develop. Somebody else bumps it. Now, look, once it's been bumped once, it's sensitive again. Here's what happens, when, hypothetically, when a man, hypothetically, gets feels disrespected, he gets defensive. When you get defensive and start feeling threatened, you start attaching meaning to all your circumstances around you. You know, somebody rolls their eyes. You attach meaning. Who do you think you are? Say that to me. They didn't say anything. They just rolled their eyes. Somebody in a staff meeting leans over and you know, whispers while you're talking, you know, I look all holy like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But on the inside, when you're defensive, you're thinking, what are you kidding? What are you saying? I mean, they were probably going, Holy Ghost just told me he loves Randy. I mean, but... <laughs> But I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? You start, and all of a sudden, I got a storm going on here. Do you know what I'm doing? I'm fellowshipping. I'm fellowshipping with darkness. I got some common ground here. The devil comes to be all sympathetic. You know, you don't have to take this. And they, you know you shouldn't forgive are you kidding me that he starts whispering and you're going yeah, you're right and all that stuff starts rolling around in your head and in your so once that little storm got going over about the last 3 weeks one thing just kept leading to another and uh, you know I'm interpreting things and this you all you married folks you'll get this I start interpreting things Stacy's saying or doing and I'm going what are you doing? And I'm being all weird and freaky and nearly demon possessed about everything Here's the thing. I know I'm in trouble. I know I'm in trouble. I know the storm's going, but some of you would relate to this. Sometimes you have a storm going on, and you, you know it's going to take I've been here before. Sometimes it takes me a little while to get talked off the ledge. So I come in in the mornings, and here's what I have to do. I sit right in that chair, and I just confess it all to the Lord. God, I got this storm. And I know it isn't this one, that one, it's not family, it's not my marriage, it's not my kids, it's not the work. It's, it's me. Something is broken. I know that, but this voice is in my ear going, oh, they're doing it, they're doing it. And anger and all this stuff is in me. And here's what I have to do. I empty the bucket. Lord, I confess this. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I let this go. And I worship. And my sweet wife has thought I'm just nutty as I could be this week. Because for a couple of hours, I'll kind of start to get to be my old self. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God, all that. But then I'll, I'll come in the house slinging stuff. Just to kick the dog. What the <laughs> heck? I can't believe we got to do this. Why do I got to? Uh, and she'll go, well, wait, wait, you sent me this sweet text and everything was good. And I was like, I'm not good now. Just like, <laughs> and here's what I got to do. Got to empty the bucket again. Yeah. Well, yeah. Got to get empty. Got to empty that bucket yeah. And gang, when you when you, I'm not fellowshipping with darkness because I want to. I didn't scoot up to the table. It scooted up to me. Satan will use old wounds and old pain and old brokenness. Let somebody bump it, and all he needs is a little way to come in, and fellowship starts. All right. Holy Spirit hadn't gone anywhere. He knows the schemes of the devil. You. You. you, I hope this is helping some of you. Some of you could just know you got a you got a bucket full of something that you need to make some room so you can be filled with something else. When you're in turmoil and anger and frustration, all that, it's hard to turn the water on for the Holy Spirit to drip. You already filled up your your spot, so em- em- empty that. So en- enough said. I could spend a lot of time there, and I can hear the again. When you're a charismatic church, that means the Holy Spirit's about to come. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, last thought there is just sober up. It said there, don't be drunk with wine. I can tell you, 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 you can be drunk on anything. You can be intoxicated on the internet, intoxicated with uh, busy, intoxicated. You, just, you, you can get out of control and controlled. I mean, I, I could talk a lot here. I would say, take a day and cut that bone off. Turn it off. Everybody doesn't need, you don't, I tell you, I, anyway, enough said. Okay, I got to hurry. So secondly, empty the bucket. Secondly, present yourself. Present yourself. I come in here. Anything that naturally rises, I try to empty the bucket. And uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. Here's what I want you to do. This is the message. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. I love that. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. God, I love that. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Gosh, this is all good. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down uh, to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So here's what I'd say. Fixing your eyes on on, uh, Jesus, number one. Worship worship. When I come through that door, I almost always, my office is back there, coffee gets warmed up in the microwave there, just so you know the whole routine. And uh, that's key to this. And uh, I come through that door, and I almost always have a song on my heart. I almost always have song, And and I just start singing, and then I'll, I'll just make melody in my own heart. Lord, I love you. Father, I worship you. And I turn my attention. I'm not singing to hear myself sing. I'm not singing with some mental stage like somebody's watching me. I'm sincerely focusing on, Lord, I just love you. I'm worshiping, I'm singing, I'm talking, I'm just worshiping. Anyway, I could spend a lot of time there, so I'll worship. Uh, secondly, as of late, I've done to practice, and I call it just submitting my hands. I submit my hands, and I'll I'll explain why here. 1 Timothy 2, 8 and 9 says, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now, because I was dealing with an anger issue, this took on a whole life of its own. Holy hands. Boy, I crave to do that. So here's what I do. I submit myself before God. And if you're dealing with an anger or a rage, this would be helpful to you. It says, I want you to lift up hands. Oh, pastor, I don't sing and I don't lift my hands. Get alone. You can do this. You can do this. But here's what I, I, I realized. Uh, lift up holy hands without wrath or doubt. So here's what I've been doing. Lord, I submit this hand to you. I want to clench it in a fist and be angry. But I open it. I'm not going to be defensive today. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to try to outdo and put people under. I'm not going to hunt for how to belittle anybody. I'm not going to get justice. I'm not going to be vengeful. I am not going to use this hand in judgment whatsoever today. That is your role. I open this hand and i let go of this anger holy hands without wrath or doubt and lord i bring you this hand here's here's what this means to me i will not withdraw from opportunities to speak on your behalf today i won't retreat i won't doubt i will walk in faith I will not take a judging position with my right hand, and I will not retreat. I won't doubt when you speak. Lord, I submit to you, and I open my hands. We sang it earlier. You are my God, and I lift these hands to you. Use me. I want you to know that the volume of water starts to it starts trickling a little quicker. Emptied worship, submit, submit my hands, which is my life, no anger, no doubt. And lastly, it says, Be wise and know the will of God, work circumspectly and understand the will of God. So I ask God to fill me with His Spirit, which is the same as His will. God, fill me with your spirit, and and, and just very quickly, what is the will of God? Huge question, I'm gonna move very quickly. We need to come back and spend some some time on this. Certainly the Bible is the will of God. It's a big question. What's the will? I don't know the will of God for my life. So certainly we we would all say, in the Bible is certainly the will of God for your life. That's usually not the question somebody's asking when they say, what's the will of God for my life? What is the unique call and assignments on my life? That's what we're asking, right? And so, as I come before Uh, God, uh, here's something I've I've learned about him, about knowing the will of God. Obedience comes before understanding. I used to think, try to understand the will of God means, God, I'm praying that you give me a 10-year plan with step-by-step and what it's going to cost and that you're going to supply it, and I'm all about that. And for 57 years I've been begging for this information. It's like, if not you, do you have an admin up there? Anybody I can talk to that's got some information about the future. (laughs) And here's what I've learned. Here's how I have understood the will of God. When I look over my shoulder in thanksgiving, I can go, wow, God, you have been so faithful. When I was standing in that moment, I was going, what the heck, and where's your will, and where are you, and all of that. And listen, this is a tricky part of having a spirit-filled life, because God tends to explain things after you've obeyed, not so that you'll obey. That's what makes him God. Now, this is a trickier step for us, okay? You can do this. You can do this. Obedience comes afterwards. Uh, Isaiah 30 says this, Just as the master kept you alive during the hard times, he'll keep your teacher alive and present and present among you. Your teacher will be right there, local and on the job, urging you on whenever you wander left or right, this is the right road, walk this way. Uh, The more holy King James Version says, this is the way, walk you in it. You'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. This is a prophecy about the day we live in where the Holy Spirit, he doesn't say, let me explain this to you. He says, turn right, go forward, make that phone call, invest in that. Don't invest in that. Are you tracking me? So you'll understand later. Please, you learn to trust him, and you can do this. Uh, and let me just say this as well as an encouragement. If the, 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 way you, the way you achieve the will of God for your life is very simple. If you really want the will of God, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. I've tried to figure it out all of my life, and here's what I've learned. It's a personal trust. It isn't a you-figure-it-out-and-do thing. All you have to do to have the will of God function in your life is say, God... I want your will in my life. I just want it. You'll look for information and want to write your 10-year plan down. He won't let you miss it if that's what you want. That's all you got. Just take that step, God. I want your will, all right? And I'm leaving a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. Uh, Let me just simply say this. The very, uh, of all the signs of a spirit-filled life, this, this, to me, is the most magnificent one, and I believe that speaking in tongues can be an evidence of his presence. That miracles, uh, prophecy, all of those things are great signs, wonderful experiences emotionally. All of those things can be indicators of his presence. But remember, a spirit-filled life is a thousand small obediences, all in the same direction. A thousand yeses, all in the same direction. And the greatest sign to me is when his will or his wants or his desires become yours very naturally. When you begin to actually have appetite for what he has appetite for, his will, the Holy Spirit has got the steering wheel. When that starts to happen, this is not going to happen overnight for you, by the way. That's why it's day to day, day to day, filled with his spirit. The other morning, I was listening to a song that I've listened to about 100 times this week called Refiner by Maverick City Worship or something like that. Bunch of kids worshiping God. And I don't know what it is about this song, but it makes my heart leap. It says words, though, that are completely crazy. It says, Lord, refine me with fire who prays that? I would never recommend you pray. It's like, you know, No, I'm like, no, give me a 12-page explanation. Let me understand it and put a plan together to refine me. Man, I'm finding myself just taken by this worship that's going on. Refine me with fire. Make me holy. And while this is going on, I'm in my knee, on my knees, in my office, just crying and just worshiping God. And I've been playing this thing over and over, Lord. And here's what I found out. Though that's a scary thing to say, refine me with fire, consume me. Who says that? What person in their right mind would pray that? But here's the deal. Your spirit is smarter than your brain. And when when you're full of his spirit, it starts, he starts doing the thinking for you and the appetite and the wanting for you. And what I find myself doing, though I know Jesus has positionally made me righteous, I have a craving to be like Moses. Remember when Moses came to the burning bush and God said this, Moses, take your shoes off. We're on holy ground. I want to feel that dirt under my feet. I want to have what is common. You know what? We fellowship With darkness, by having something in common. We fellowship with the Holy Spirit by appetites for what's common. What's common to him is holy. Holy got to live in me. My flesh is nasty and it fights against this, but my spirit, it has an appetite for holiness. And with great ease and comfort, I say, Lord, purify me with fire. Burn everything out of me that would keep me from being on ground that you would say, you and I are both on Holy ground. Things like this. You are full of the spirit when your appetites start to naturally crave what his appetites. That's what the will of God is, what he wills, what he wants. Spirit-filled living can become very natural. But here's it. It's every day. Fill up every day. By the end of the day, somebody's gonna drop a rock in there and splash a bunch of stuff out, and life's gonna happen and stuff's gonna try to take up the room. So every day, empty the bucket. If you have a week like I've had, empty it three or four times a day. Got to work at this a little bit. Here's it. You can do it. Amen. Stand to our feet. This is what I believe. I know by the Spirit that the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you about a bucket, an area that you need. You've got a fellowship with darkness. It's, maybe you didn't intend to have it, but you've got a common ground with something, and that's what's occupying all your space. It might be a sin, and that's the beautiful thing about having a Holy Spirit. He can help you get free of that. It might be something that's just been rolling over in your mind. It might be a bitterness, anger. Unforgiveness can sometimes hang on, but it's opening doors for a fellowship. Somebody's scooting up to your table to say, hey, man, I'm sorry that's happening. And that demonic sympathetic thing starts coming and you don't realize it, but you start getting in agreement like, yeah, you're right. You you don't realize that's happening. And before you know it, you've opened a door and you're full of the wrong spirit. You're saved. Holy Spirit hadn't gone anywhere, but you've crowded him out, quenched. So today, I believe not out of anger, but out of his leading and guiding and him being who he is, He wants to show you that bucket. Would you just close your eyes and let's just take a moment here because I I believe that's the priority of the moment we're in. Holy Spirit, these are men and women of God who host you. These are the temple of the Holy Spirit right here. And you're all about cleaning your Holy Spirit, your, your temple. So right now, would you begin to search each of our temple? Go in every closet. Look under every rug open every drawer. This is your temple. My life, my mind, it's your temple. I want you to have every available space so I can be full of you. I want to be filled with you. Thoughts and trappings of lust or greed or other drunkenness. Lord, drunkenness has befallen us. Lord, the drunkenness that has caused disorientation from different believers that are here today in the name of jesus we stand to confront and to push against that now in the name of jesus you have no right nor place pornography you have no right nor place in this temple i will not walk in agreement with you i will not sow to the flesh i will sow to the spirit and i will ultimately crowd you out every lust every greed busy image Image consumed by have to look a certain way, be a certain way, spend a certain way. We break the power of that fellowship yes. in the name of Jesus. No more fellowship with darkness. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Man, I, I, that, they really did do you wrong, didn't they? Man, you can't just let them off the hook. All that sympathy. We break that voice now in the name of Jesus. We push you out. We crowd you out. We sow now to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, any buckets, marriages that are in here that are infected because sowing to the flesh, we empty those buckets now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, that you're setting people free right now in this moment. Prayer team, would you come to the front, please? False prophecies, false prophecies, the word hopeless It is a prophecy that's anti the Spirit of God. It's predicting this will never change. It will always be like this. Your future will always, you'll always be like this. You'll never make more money than this. Your marriage will always have these issues. That is a demonic prophesying spirit, and we break the power of it. The Word of God says these three things always remain. Heaven and earth will pass away, but faith, hope, and love, these three things they always remain. There is hope. We prophesy and listen to the Spirit of God that prophesies, I will be in your future. I prophesy love and joy and peace, patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. I speak the will of God over your future. You will not be trapped, and it will not always be this way. Prophecies about our children, they'll never change. There's never, never is never allowed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. We prophesy differently. We break all fellowship, all fellowship and all common ground with the kingdom of darkness right now. And we make room, Holy Spirit, flood our soul with your word, your hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you that healing is happening now in Jesus' name. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, and we will leave here today realizing tonight we'll fill back up, tomorrow morning we'll fill back up, lead us, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Lord, our final act of worship is in the act of the giving of our tithes, our offerings, and all of this. And Lord, I believe that there are lies that have been spoken over people in this room. You'll never make more than this. You'll always be broke. You'll never be able to give. If you give, it's going to cost you. I break all of those lives right now in the name of Jesus. I speak the word of God over our finances that say, when we bring our tithe, our first and best, you promise, Lord, I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out blessing that you cannot contain. Lord, I call heaven and earth again to the word of God over the Harvey house, over the crossing house, over families here. We have yet to see blessing at a level that we can't contain it. Thank you, God, that your word is true and we continue to stand as well. Thank you, God, for wisdom. Lord, you don't entrust to us your riches if we're gonna squander them. So I thank you, God, for the wisdom to steward well your blessing. I ask for both of those things, a release and a wisdom, Lord God, to steward well. I speak that over our church in the name of Jesus. And thank you, God, that your word is true. Our final act of worship is the giving of our offering. So would you receive it as an act of worship and thank you for the promises that accompany those things. Lord, today in Jesus' name, bless the rest of this day. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Find more of our podcasts on iTunes or in our audio library at thecrossing.cc.